I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like. Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. (laughs) I just feel like I might start the pod with that, considering that we're in record. So I might just start with you singing. Welcome. Friends, we are back in your inboxes of your podcast app. Um, I know what you're thinking. Pithy start to this week's pod, girls. You have to prepare this intro. How are you, my friend? Why don't you start singing? It's Six Nations Week. That's what I'm kind of feeling like it's going to come from you. thanks just sorting a few things out um in my life um but it's six nations week which i can't believe i am saying before you i know i'm just trying to keep a lid on it a little bit because i can get overexcited obviously for wales it's a sunday game so i don't want to peak too early in the week um but i am excited i i feel like i probably can't read one more tweet that says doesn't feel like a six nations week from a journalist I think we've got the memo now. It doesn't feel like a normal Six Nations week. I think we've established that. That has been said. That's been done. I don't need to see or hear that anymore. But do you know what? I feel like you make it what you want it to be. And if you want it to feel like a big match weekend and, you know, you're going to watch it at home on the sofa, granted, you're not going to be able to watch it with friends, but stick Zoom on, do that in the background. You know, if you want to have that interaction with your mates, personally, I'm quite looking forward to not having other people around and just chilling out a little bit and probably have a little spread a couple of beers you know <laughs> what type of spread um i'll go charcuterie <laughs> oh, standard. um don't you ask if you ask a question i'm going to answer you um i'll probably get the um, i don't know what type of spread it was that was all well charcuterie <laughs> meats then i'll get the plant kitchen cauliflower bites from marks and spencers um a good crisp something ridged and a hummus what about to drink guinness obviously it's the guinness six nations what you know guinness and then a squash at half time just to rehydrate <laughs> good good to hear you know what i'm actually six nations in this time of the year is always an interesting one because 
it normally kicks off with fitness testing in January. So yeah. it's like, um, and then it's like really cold camps, couple of club games where you're panicking that if you pick up a knock, you might not make the Six Nations. So January and throw in my birthday, my mum's birthday and my dad's birthday. Um, it's normally a thrilling month. So to finally get through to February, I'm still in the, yeah, it's an odd one, but um, I'm actually really looking forward to this weekend because I haven't commentated since before Christmas because the two Champions Cup games were uh, postponed. And um, I'm obviously back with Miles, who is just delicious. Yeah. Um, but I'm in the commentary box with David Larry Flatman. You who... will be socially distanced, just if anyone's a bit concerned about the commentary box, it will be a socially distanced commentary box. I mean, yeah, we don't stand in a phone box and commentate. Um, it's going to be done from over here because of the travel restrictions with Italy v France. Um, but I'm actually also, I think it's a, t I actually think when you look at the lineups of the games and we'll, we'll go into them in a lot of detail. A um, lot of detail. Not. Um, I actually think this is one of the most exciting weekends of games just because I of the matchup. Yeah, I hate a Sunday game. I hate a Sunday game. Um, I do feel like that has certainly put a dampener on things for me for opening weekend. Um, <laughs> you know, I know that I know that they don't think about how I feel when it's not like you. It's not like you've got a big Saturday night. Um... Well, no, I can't now, can I? Because I'm on Sunday. <laughs> so you know, I will enjoy the um, opening matches, the Garibaldi Trophy and the Calcutta Cup because um, that's what Italy France play for and that's of course what England Scotland play for uh, the 150th year of that but will I enjoy you know Sunday as much because I've had to keep my powder damp I'm not going to say dry because it's not going to be dry but yeah I just I just don't feel like they thought about me um, <laughs> and I'm just you know I just want to put that out there because you know we know that Six Nations Chiefs listen to this podcast um, but yeah, I just, if there's any dampener on it all, that's it for me. But perhaps to bring us back from that, maybe you want to give us your pause for positivity for the week. And maybe that's going to cheer me up and brighten me up, Danielle Sean Waterman. Um, so as those that have seen on um, our social media channels, uh, we were guests as a duo, first ever guests on someone else's show, which is very odd. Um, you're going to have to correct me because I shamedly don't know how to say Jeanette's surname properly. Um, yeah, so Jeanette Kwachi, um, we joined her on BBC London um, to promote the pod. Jeanette, I've known for years through Athlete Mental Work. She is just a wonderful, wonderful woman doing awesome stuff in the media now um, and also came up with amazing idea. Um, to promote other women's podcasts and other women's sport um, podcasts. I'm just going to keep saying <laughs> But it was brilliant and it was really good fun. And it was really, it was really interesting for me. I'll get to my course positivity in a minute. Yeah. Um, just like to witness you being interviewed. It was just like, it was really odd. I, to the point where I was like, I wonder how she's going to be. Cause she, is she going to reply with a question? <laughs> What kind of question? Hey. Hey. Yeah, so anyway, my pause for positivity. 
it's nothing to do with the fact that we joined um, Jeanette, but Jeanette posted a video of her son saying hello in all different languages from around the world. He's five years old. It is honestly one of the best videos. She said it took so a, solid, a solid, I think, what did she say? 10 days to edit. <laughs> I mean, setting up a green screen in your house for your child's homeschooling project is another level of effort. And I can only imagine how much the parents of the children in his class hate her now. But oh my God, <laughs> he is an absolute sensation. I'll tell you what, it, it is if, like, if you want to stop and have just a real giggle and smile. But yeah, um, and also the fact that she has absolutely smashed homeschooling. But if you've got those types of skills, think about utilizing them for your kids' um, homeschooling. Um, I am. Um, yeah. So the show was on BBC Radio London on Saturday. You can listen to it again on the BBC Sounds app if you did want to hear it. Um, I listened to it in my edit suite because I couldn't really remember what we'd said and I was a little bit concerned. And my editor, Gary, was like, because I put my headphones on and he went, oh no, I'd quite like to listen to it as well, LJ. Go on, put it on. And I was like, oh, okay. A little bit worried because again, I could not remember what we'd said. And I literally turned it on as Nolly went under her boobs. That, that was the first <laughs> line that he heard. And I was like, oh. And Gary looked at me like, what are we listening to? Yeah. I was like, we, um, um, we like whose boobs? I was like, my boobs, Gary, my boobs. Um, so we revealed a new story on there. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about the, the story because I feel like. There was a moment that we, where our friendship was consummated in a in a building in Bondi. Um, hey, we told this story on the first ever Try Hard's podcast. Oh, did we? Oh, I thought yeah, we just that's talked how about my dad found out that I have a tattoo. Oh, <laughs> in that intimate area, and was very angry about it. So, yeah, if you want to hear it, you can either listen to that on BBC Sounds, or you can, of course, go to season one, episode one of the Try Hard's podcast. We've had some new listeners, so welcome to the Try Hard's. Welcome. Um, yeah please make sure you're subscribing please make sure you're saying that we are no less than five stars um and yeah put it out on your socials if there's anything that you would like us to discuss put it out there we talk about anything normally so just... i'm gonna have a little bit of a charity corner at the end of the podcast each week because we know that a lot of people are doing lots of really amazing things at the moment so we want to share that so we're going to save that to the end but it's your opportunity to um get involved in that as well um I'm going to do my tryhards top tip. By this point, I hope that everybody has signed up to this year's Doddy Gump. And I know that the snoods finally went out in the post this week. Um, they've been held up, though. Let's be honest, nobody is taking part in this for their snood. They're taking part in it because we all just love Doddy so much. Now, the snood is traditionally worn around the neck. Today, I've been using it as like a kind of hair tube and I've just worn it like an, an elongated hairband that covers my whole head at like almost a windsock for an awful hair day so my top tip is if you haven't already ordered your doddy snood get on and do it now and then when it arrives you can use it as a stylish hair sock so there you go that's my top tip this week I feel like you'd look like a felt tip pen <laughs> nobody at home can see but oh wow wow it's really good you know who you look like Steve Rouse the you cameraman look... 
Yes. Phil, yep. Um, you don't know who Steve Rice, the cameraman, is. He'll be running along the touchline at Twickenham on Saturday. And with odd socks on. With odd um, socks on. A sock and also team. Alex Corbusiero, England shorts, normally a combat short. He likes those. Um, yeah. You know what it actually does, which I never thought was possible? Makes it your eyes look bigger. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that that's right. where you've gone with that. Um, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to just sneak in and say great top tip, Laura Jane. Um, but I actually feel like we've started a new competition and as one of the, well, the winner of last year's Guinness Legends League, you actually should talk us through the match pint competition that we are running for tryhards and obviously just on the app. It's not just a tryhard thing. Yeah, um, and give some people some top tips on how to be successful because you smashed all of us on the Legends League. I did. I did. I mean, I'm, I'm a humble person. Like, let's, let's all be honest. I don't like to shout about my achievements um, because they are few. But yeah, we are back on match point this Six Nations. As I'm sure you can imagine, we are absolute nauseas for this game. We we do it because we actually really enjoy it and it just brings another level of fun to the weekend. Um, so we are back on match point and you can, of course, join the Tryhards League as you can every time with the, the league pin Tryhards. Uh, we have prizes to give out throughout. The winner of the overall Tryhards League at the end of the competition will win a pair of tickets to the home fixture of their choice in next year's Six Nations. So if you want to go to England, Wales next year and you win this league, two tickets. The men's Six see. Nations. The men's Six Nations. We also have plenty of women's 2022 Six Nations tickets to give away. Uh, we have spot prizes. Guinness. Guinness. Guinness, Guinness bomber jackets. Yeah. Um, for each round. You know and there'll be some I socks thrown in too. And maybe a water bottle. I do take it seriously, and I'm not. I'm not ashamed of that. So, um, generally, I start the week with um, kind of like a little bit of a weather rundown. I'll look at the humidity on match day at each of those venues for games. Um, Why? I, just because I know that that can have a profound impact on the psychology of teams. Um, I read a study <laughs> last year. I read a study last year on them. Um, the impact of humidity, the inner ear, and the first half of rugby matches done by Bath University. So um, <laughs> I bookmarked it, I probably share that. Um, I, luckily for me, because I've obviously worked in the game for quite a while, I've um, I've got the contact details of the, the groundsman at each of the stadiums. So um, I will just put a call in to find out what grass length we're looking at. Um, I know at the Principality this weekend, it's a new pitch. It's a brand new pitch that's been put down. Um, and I've got some friends who work in horticultural sports studies <laughs> who will just evaluate that data for me. Um, again, with my phone, I like to kind of not spend too much time on the phone because they're obviously a huge um, kind of correlations between electronics on the brain before you go to bed. So I try and limit my screen time to less than 45 minutes a day on my phone in the run up to making predictions. That is absolutely not true, ever true, that one. My advice is the same every year. You have to go head over heart. And you, you know what? The only reason you say that is because last year Wales didn't do very well. And this year 
it's not looking like the best. Let's start with Wales well, because <laughs> it's your reason. You don't have team overnight, and this is why you make me so angry. Okay. We've had lean years before and won Six Nations titles the year after. Tolupe Falatau is one of the best players in the world ever, and he is back and he's on form for Bath and he's going to bring that form for Wales. Yes, Josh Adams has been a very silly boy and will now miss the opening two rounds, but, you know, there's a car purring in our garage and the license plate says LRZ. Lewis Rezamit is going to score three tries against Ireland on Sunday and. Yeah. Boom. Um, did you see the um, the Bristol Bath score? <laughs> yeah, but there's no I in team and there's yeah. no... You know what? He is, a, he, he is a very, very good player. And when he's on form, he is on form. Um, I am fascinated by it, I, how they get on um, back at the Principality. Um, will that make a difference? I think so. Yeah, it's, it is a different, even though there's no crowd, there's still a different atmosphere in stadiums to an extent. Um, Do you think, and I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but from the perspective of when you've played for England at Twickenham, there haven't been 80,000 fans in the stands, but do you feed off the fact that it is a cathedral of rugby with loads of history that goes with it? Can you almost picture in your head, you know how special it is and you almost up your game, regardless of whether there's 20 people, 20,000 people or 80,000 people, you still, it still breeds something in you as a player. Um, I think it's more like all of the build up before the game. So like doing your team run there, you know, and it's like, right, this place is special. Um, when you pull up um, at the at the gates and you're in this in like in the kind of bowels of the stadium and, you know, we we've trained there in the gym and used, I've been in physio there and stuff. But it, there's always something special about being pitch side and going through the tunnel and then, you know, um, and and you set the um, set the kind of atmosphere through the music you listen to like I always had certain songs or like a little bit of Annie Lennox maybe Kelly Clarkson oh, um no. all <laughs> five that was always a good one like that one little bit of a dance around the change right. so I think nice. it's it's weird because it's all of the build-up and yeah there's normally like this atmosphere rumbling around the stadiums and stuff so it is it is different and I'm sure the boys will find it weird but like I say, being there for team run, there's never normally people there, um, you know, going into the stadium and going out. But then once you're playing, you're playing and you don't really notice it unless you are in front of a big crowd. And yeah. when I have played in front of big crowds, it's it's special. Um, I think that's probably the most disappointing thing, isn't it, really, for all these people that are, you know, at the end or at the start or just like playing some epic rugby, just they're just missing that, like, you know, that that buzz from a crowd. On Sunday on Scrum 5, Mike Phillips said that the Principality Stadium, Millennium Stadium as was then, is worth 10 points to a team. And he talked about the iconic try that he had scored against Ireland uh, 10 years ago this year and how he was actually quite embarrassed about the fact he'd celebrated it like he'd won the World Cup, but it was that feeding off the energy of a crowd in your home stadium. So I do worry that certainly Wales is too... Um, traditionally toughest games of the past kind of 20 years are this year the home games and where you'd kind of we always play all the blues away or all the blues at home and in those years where 
it's all the blues away the two games at home that home crowd makes the massive difference England can come as the form team you know that 33 drubbing nobody saw that it was a you know can Wales win this by seven points to claim the title um and and they did it you know with a plum so I do think that I do subscribe to the fact that the stadium must have a positive impact you wonder if without a crowd it can still do that and I wonder if in fact players have even had a psychologist in camp this week to talk to them about how they can try and achieve that and how they can take that onto the field this knowledge of what that stadium means to themselves as players and people at home so I'd be interested to know if across the six nations if any teams have addressed that with players about how you can still maintain the specialness of not just the occasion but the ground. Yeah I think it was different obviously for Wales and the Autumn Nations Cup and the end of the Six Nations last what November December time because they were in Flanethley so it it was a completely different place again so I think it is different for them to come back just going on how they're playing I think Josh Adams will be massive loss um this weekend um actually from a from a defensive perspective Wales did some really good stuff um on their goal line real dogged work um but actually and and towards the end of the Autumn Nations Cup some of their basic skills I was really impressed with and I was really impressed with Lewis Free Summit just from a a real solid performance perspective but it was against um Georgia and then Italy so it is very different to come up against Ireland who um have been like a bit of a mixed bag haven't they with Pro 14 in terms of just different performances like all of the teams all of the main teams losing and um, wouldn't have seen Leinster losing for sure um so yeah I, I think it's going to be a good game I really hope it's not like a, a stalemate type of game I feel yeah. like you know I, I, like kicking to the corners and living off penalties and that type of thing it'd be nice if they opened it up um but the point that we're recording really- this pod there aren't teams named for the weekend so you'd imagine a lot of that will hinge on the 10 selection and I guess if we get a Johnny Sexton versus Dan Bigger then we might see a bit of kicking tennis on Sunday yeah and also you know interestingly when um Sexton is playing for Leinster he still kicks to the corner driving line out more try whatever ball 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 um so like okay it's is that better than um going to going to the posts um maybe maybe not I don't know it kind of gets the game you get three points you move on um so yeah hopefully it'll be a good game I I don't think it's going to be hard to call um match point what are you going for um I mean Tom Shanklin has gone for balls out predictions and he's named his um winners and losers without seeing any teams I'm not prepared to do that I'm not prepared to do it (laughs) um but I think I'm going to back a Wales win. Yeah, I think I am as well. Although I quite like to look at the teams. Shall we move on? Let's move on. So let's move on to Ireland then. So you briefly touched on Ireland. I think I know that this is... We need to talk about Ireland as well. I've just, I've done the game. Like, let's oh, move I, just, I, I, I wanted to get your opinion because I think a headline that came out of their squad selection above anything else is this continued... Um, lack of inclusion non-inclusion of John Cooney and I know that you're a big fan of him as a player and as a person so what how much obviously it's a headline he's playing very well he's a form player in Ireland 
how much are they missing by not picking him? How much of a point of difference to Conor Murray could he be coming off the bench at 50, 60 minutes? Um, I think it's um, it's a difficult one because the guy they brought in and his name's, oh my gosh, how has it slipped my mind? The Leinster Nine. Jamison Gibson Park? Yeah, that's the bad boy. Um, bad boy name. His, his speed of delivery and getting the and the pace of getting the ball away from breakdown um, was outstanding in his first game. It was poor in the second game in the Autumn Nations Cup against England, I think. Um, but then actually, on the a couple of weeks ago, Conor Murray played. I'm not going to remember now who did they play and they beat. And he was absolutely brilliant. Um, he put so much pressure onto the opposition nine. His kicking was outstanding. And it just, it reminded me of how good a player he is. I yeah. think, you know, I'm the first to say that he was out of form um, all of like most of last year when we were playing. And, um, and actually, if you look back to when he was playing his best rugby, Ireland were playing his best rugby in 2018 when they got that historic win over New Zealand, he was the point of difference. And as I say, a couple of weeks ago, I'm, apologies my brain is a bit fried today um the game he played I just thought he was outstanding and it wasn't the high hanging box kicks it was a variation it was kicking back over the breakdown it was kicking um and keeping the ball alive he was attacking the, the opposition nine and caught them at the base a few times so he just looked like a real fire in his belly um and maybe um you know Gibson Park getting that selection in the autumn has been something that he needed to like, you know, give him that fire again. Yeah. Does Ireland's successes in this tournament hinge on the performances of their halfback pair? Yeah, I think so. I think that they bring the teams to life. Um, as I say, uh, I think without um, Josh Adams in, in the outside backs, that real kind of like ridiculous quality that you can't give space to um, and, if Conor Murray's kicking is good and they can kick him into a corner and without someone like that, you know, it's not necessarily what they do when they've got the ball. It's how you change your game because if you give them bad ball, they'll punish you. So it changes how the team plays against somebody, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they are going to be massively influential um, and it'll be good to see, hopefully Sexton step up and get back to, to full form um, and, yeah, bring the game to life. Okay, so let's go Scotland. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Next. The Hollywood magic is back. Um, I'm yet to meet someone who's not a Finn fan. And quite frankly, if you're not a Finn fan, then you can't be my friend. I'm not friends with not Finn fans is my new policy. <laughs> how, integral, how integral is he going to be to what they do this year? Or are we over, overhyping him? Um, I think that the thing is with someone like Finn is he, he is like just a lovely guy interviewed him with the big tackle and he was just lush. But um, I think from his perspective, he'll build in the tournament. Um, and again, it's what he does to the opposition. It changes how you think, it changes what you do. You've got to defend slightly different because you know that he can pull out all sorts of different passes. I think the only part of his game where um, he he comes a little bit unstuck is when he tries to force the offloads on when collisions haven't been won. And when he's playing for Racing, they've got a massive pack and he give, he gets massive go forward. And so once you're in behind and, and actually that's where if a defender is retreating and they and the collision, you win that collision. So therefore the offload is more than often on. And um, against England, it's going to be a huge ask for their, their forward pack to, I'm sure they will come all guns blazing, but they won't win the collisions like he gets at club. So yeah. I think he will be brilliant. I think probably the biggest influence for me on Finn is actually having Stuart Hogg back. Um, he played for Exeter at the weekend, played really well in the first half and, and actually just having him because he, he is an absolute rock star as well. Um, and when he's on form, he is just incredible. So, yeah, I think I really hope that I think it was on your interview in the before the autumn, Stuart said how he just wants all the Scotland boys to go out and have fun. Yeah. And actually, Finn completely embodies all of that, doesn't he? So, uh, you know, so I just hope that they do go out and have fun. The pressure isn't on them. The pressure is on England. Do you um, think that? I think on, um, on Sunday, Captain Halev asked on scrum five i'll keep reference it because i produced it um is this is this a watershed moment for gregor townsend scotland does it feel like they're promising a lot is this a six nations where they have to deliver perhaps third in the table or higher yeah but being third in the table doesn't necessarily mean beating england who are going to come first in the table Oh wow! Oh, that was a that was a good old facial. Um, I think what they will want to do is perform. They'll want to. They might not necessarily win the game, but I think they'll want to hold their heads up and go come away with a performance. Um, I think if they do that, then that's what people want. They don't want Scotland to roll over, which they're not going to. Um, actually on the back of all of the Autumn Nations Cup stuff I did, um, Scotland were my team to watch. I didn't think about the fact that they were playing England at 
Twickenham um, in the opening round of the 150th anniversary and it's quite a big occasion so really pleased I picked them up in the autumn but I meant it when I like because just didn't quite click and when it did click they were electric um, and that was without Finn yeah. so you just kind of think yeah they could be in a good place um, but I definitely don't think they're going in with with the expectation to completely roll England over. Um, it's great to see Richie Gray back as well. Um, Richie and Johnny Gray, of course, the ultimate social experiment. Um, send one kid to private school and one kid to state school. But they <laughs> both end up playing for Scotland in the long run. So their parents have one at life there. Um, OK, then, should we talk England next? Uh, I want to start with a positive um, from me. Um, really like that they've gone with the vintage badge look on the jersey for this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know. I just wanted to be a bit positive and nice. I, I can be oh, nice. Geez. So yeah, I like that. that I, mean, I wouldn't wear one, but I just think it's a nice touch. <laughs> it's a nice touch. What, other what other shirt would you wear other than Wales? When I was a kid, I don't know if you remember this, but Cotton Traders magazine, obviously Fran Cotton's Cotton Traders, on the back page, you used to be able to buy replica rugby jerseys, like God knows what the trademark situation was in the 90s. Um, for £10 and I basically had all of them apart from the England one so <laughs> with the first one I, so I obviously had a Wales one first and then I had a Springboks one because my cousins are um, South African by birth and my cousin Tom had had a proper Springboks jersey for Christmas so I wanted to copy him and then I had an Aussie one because I looked great in the green and gold then I got the All Blacks one and it basically worked I think I had a French one uh, worked through all of them, but would not have the England one, obviously. So, I mean, yeah. obviously. Obviously. So. I, you know why it is? It's because it's white and you spill your dinner down you. Yeah, and good you point. Don't want to it. <laughs> so, I will say, little uh, little tip, another little tryhards tip for people here is that um, Lidl, Middle Isle are doing rugby stash at the moment. So if you do want to get your kids something a little bit cheaper oh, to wear on Six Nations weekend, great. down to the Lidl, Middle Isle. Um, England, let's be honest, they are going to steamroll the competition if they continue in the form they're in. But how much of a lack of game time are those Saracens boys going to be affected by? Oh, I'm fascinated because they could come out and like, you know, I played my best rugby when I'd been out for injury for like however many million months um hadn't really played anything not really done any tackling and then got in the dream team in the Langford sevens um so you never really know I think they'll go out and have a bit of fun I think hopefully um it's an interesting one I think you know who I feel that they will really really miss is Joe Launchbury yeah what if you watch wasps when he's not there they are a totally different team like totally. And mm -hmm. I know he's the captain. So I know he's got that, but the work he does, it's just, it's like one of those players that you don't realize what they do until they're gone. And he is someone that he was like ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous in the um, Autumn Nations Cup for England. And I think him being, not being there in the engine room will be a big loss considering they also don't have, um, Carl Sinclair. Carl Sinclair, Billy Vanapola this weekend. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. I think the good think thing about Joe is a, a quiet character. People underestimate how important he is. He just looks so. I did a, um, years and years and years ago. I was the um, ambassador of Canterbury, and um, 
we did a photo shoot with the kit and there was like a whole load of the boys it was a bit weird I looked like a bit of a mascot because I was so small compared to them and um Joe they were like hey everybody eyes open smile and Joe was like my eyes are open <laughs> he's like everyone always tells me to open my eyes I was like, oh. Oh. he was so like giant isn't he yeah he's just absolutely brilliant he's so lovely so unassuming just we did some um uh some hospitality stuff together and we wandered around and he just was just just such a kind man just really lovely um happy to say hello to everyone he looked exhausted he was like in the middle of rehab um but anyway um i think i think it will be a good game i feel like scotland are going to pull a really big performance out from england and if they don't um england are going to look very silly so i'm hoping that that means that there's some exciting rugby um being played and i don't think it will happen but i just love the fact that west country little harry randall is in, is in the squad i love it like so much <laughs> you think that that'll be the highest scoring game of the weekend i know that obviously we've got france italy which could be a real kind of blowout from the french perspective but you can only play what's in front of you and it has looked like over the past few years france and scotland is up to each other's games and they've had to bring a huge amount in attack because of what they're playing against do you think this will be the kind of rapturous game that we've seen over the past few years from these two teams i don't know it's a really hard one to call i think um I think it could open up and it could be really exciting or it could be real stalemate and they really go hammer and tong up front um, and then it will be about emptying the bench at the right time and um, I think finishes. the one thing yeah the finishes um, good old benchers um, the I think you know the one thing about England is the depth that they have in the second row back row they make a big difference when they come on um real but you know the people that are finishing could be easily be starters and I think you know they don't have Sam Underhill but um Jack Willis is on you know on ridiculous club form so yeah um should we move on let's talk about the Italians um your your boys really nowadays um is this going to be another difficult year for them there's some real smack talk from their coach um that you know he thinks this is going to be a successful year and that they're going to take a scalp in the first round which you know he obviously knows something we don't um well they could do because you never really know france and they've got to travel haven't they but um I actually think that this will be one of the highest scoring games. I think that, you know, France, Sean Edwards' defence is good, but they also, there's a lot of pressure. They put loads and loads and loads of heat on teams, but they also leak points. But then they, because they're so excited, they get the points, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I think from a from an Autumn Nations Cup perspective, Italy scored some of the best team tries in the whole tournament um and if they click and they do but then they did like ridiculous errors um you know i can't remember who they were playing in the autumn but there was a yellow card and in that it was actually the france game so they were in the game it was super close and then there was a yellow card for an intentional knock on and that cost them 16 points in the game because at that point they were frustrating the hell out of france like france couldn't get over the line they couldn't get over the line um so yeah i i think this that game um which i'm going to be commentating on is going to be potentially the most exciting um and open which is cool um and i the, you know there's a lot of chat about 
then being one person i think you told me there's one person over 50 caps over 50 and three over 30 caps that is an incredibly inexperienced squad yes and no like they played together in the autumn um and actually new coach um i guess a lot of them are playing club rugby together because of the strength of those two sides yeah you know what watching the pro 14 i've been benetton did it at the weekend um zebra did it um a couple of weeks before they just don't finish opportunities like they don't finish off the opportunities and they don't finish off the game it's like bonkers like the winger for benetton was literally over the line, but he had the ball in the wrong hand. So the defender just tackled him and, t- and turtled him. And it's just stuff like that. I'm like, and Zebra playing, um, can't remember, but they were playing someone. And they were like in the 22, um, loads and loads of pressure, loads and loads of pressure, just could not get over the try line. And it's those things where they've got to change at club rugby for it to be able to transfer into an t- international. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know. I think that they'll play some good rugby. I hope that they build some fans because of the rugby they're playing and people don't go, oh, they haven't won a game for how many years. Look at them now. Judge them now. Judge them on their performance now. If they bring their A game and it's exciting and there's some wicked tries and you know what they lose, they lose the game. But that's all I would want for Italy. Um, I think there's too much chat about, oh God, they are a different side under Franco Smith. So um, yeah. Anything happen? Move on. So last but certainly not least, France, the headline is that Entomac won't be there for the opening couple of rounds. The likelihood is he'll be back by the end. Lucky Wales. Um, however, Jalabert is there and in the 10 jersey and he has been in fine fettle in the top 14 so far this season. Can we expect them to pick up where they left off in last year's tournament? Yeah, he was class, wasn't he? He was a start in 10 in the final game with the Autumn Nations Cup and um Obviously, they took it to England and he was brilliant. Um, he's so expressionate. I can't wait to commentate on him because he just, he's just so French and his name is class. Um, <laughs> he's brilliant. I, I'm intrigued because there's a lot of chat about, um, you know, the, with French, obviously we know about them traveling anyway, but like teams not being able to go to France to play and all that type of stuff. So are the players excited about the fact that they can play or are they frustrated because they don't know what's how, you know, what's being told to them by their um, like federation. Um, I think they're going to be great this tournament. I think that Entmac is brilliant, but I think Jolly Bear playing the first half many rounds actually will mean it will bring an even better Entmac out um, ready for Wales. Get his jersey back. Verami Tower is missing for them. Um, is that kind of strike power going to affect them? Um, that was a very positive question, full of energy. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I thought I had a bone um, hanging out my nose. Oh, sorry, I just did. Sorry, and it just I panicked a little bit. And then I, do you ever get like you you you're worried you've got like a bug on your face? Don't like, know, but you got a green jumper. You've been wiping it. Yeah, it's like it's not. Um, sorry, go on. Do you think Firmi Vakatara is going to be a loss in terms of strike power for France? Um, do you? Can I just ask? Do you tell all of the people that you interview, like what, why about your? Uh, oh yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, when I speak to Kenny Logan, I'll be like, "Oh, Kenny, I feel like I've got a bogey hanging out my nose." <laughs> not. Oh, no, I'm really looking forward um, to seeing the inside of him and Gabby's house on Zoom tomorrow. <laughs> 
Yeah. Good. Might, oh, go on, Kenny, give me a tour. I just want to see the kitchen. They've got a lovely gym. Have they? How do you know? Well, You're not friends with Kenny and Gabby Logan. I follow Gabby on social media and oh, she's right off then. the no made out that you're like tight with the Logans now. Definitely didn't. I just said that she, they've got a nice gym. Yeah, well. I do know them actually. I know Kenny probably. I don't know. I probably know Kenny more than Gabby because of Wasps Legends. And he gets absolutely abused at the Wasps Legends. So it's hilarious. Um, Vakitawa. Right. Question. Good stuff. Um, will he make a difference? he would do if he was playing um I think that kind of center that 13 shirt for lots of the teams is one that's quite uncertain there's no real person I know um we kind of didn't touch on it but in Scotland like who's going to wear the 13 shirt England there's no one really owning it Henry Slade played 12 weird in the autumn um Wales who's owning the 13 shirt is there Jonathan anybody Davis, it's Jonathan Davis's shirt but he had some nice touches against the Blues the other week, but he doesn't look like he doesn't look like Foxy of a little while ago. Let's say Foxy Tron. Foxy um, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in there. Um, I, I'm kind of over talking about rugby now. Should we? Is there anything else? Do we have our little charity <laughs> corner? Yeah. For me this week, I want to give a shout out to Ponteclean Rugby Football Club, who are currently doing a fundraiser for um, a former player of theirs, Jonathan Hobbs. He is um, basically in need of a new wheelchair and they're looking to raise £10,000 for him. Um, they're nearly at halfway towards the target but it would be great they're an absolutely fantastic club their men's and women's sections absolutely amazing um been to a number of fantastic 18th birthday parties in their clubhouse as well so and i you know i often say it's the best clubhouse in wales um so <laughs> let's get behind Ponteclean. let's get behind jonathan hobbs and let's get him some new wheels yeah they see me rolling <laughs> We also had a message um, on uh, on our social channels from Rosin Park Slingbacks, who the ladies team. Um, yeah, solid name. Um, they are doing some amazing work um, for the NHS. So hashtag rugby for NHS, and they are providing At rugby campers. for the word or for the number. For the number, it is. I think. Yeah, for the number. Right. Um, we'll be putting out a social post anyway, but just a little shout out. They're collecting hampers to deliver to NHS staff. Um, I know that lots of, like, I think rugby clubs have been getting behind them um, and doing doing their bit. So, yeah, I think as a team building kind of activity with your club um, and doing something that is really, really valued by people that are working incredibly hard, um, just... Well, it's just savage, isn't it? You know, for well with Sophie, it's just relentless, isn't it, at the moment? Um, so, yeah, I just just a little shout out to them because I just think they're doing a really good job. They've got a great name down the road. Um, it is a great name. Like the shoe. Yeah. Um, thanks so much, everybody. Do your match pint. Do your match pint. The- Try hard. Get on the league. Enjoy the weekend. We will. And we'll see you next week for some more rugby. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 